It's prediction time here in the Vertical View. For almost 30 years, I've been part of celebrating accomplishments of student athletes, teams, and a department as a whole. It all started way back at Roberts Wesleyan College where we celebrated the women's basketball team by filming a video highlighting the year. Then that grew into the last decade of celebrations called the Swoopies a full-scale award ceremony for the student-athletes of Southern Wesleyan, fashioned after the ESPYs, and shows like the Oscars. Today, in the Vertical View, I roll out the red carpet, inviting two experts in to hear their predictions and to find out who they believe will win the Oscar in these 13 categories. My guests and so-called experts are two of my sons, Seth and Silas Williams. Silas is a high school junior who is an accomplished actor. He has had roles in various shows including Narnia, The Sound of Music, The Music Man, The Wizard of Oz, Peter Pan, Annie, Beauty and the Beast, and most recently The Newsies. Seth is a recent media communications graduate of Southern Wesleyan University. He is a freelance videographer and photographer, and he works as a videographer for SWOO's marketing department. You can find his work on Facebook and YouTube at Fiddlehead Media House. So, we are rolling out the red carpet, and it's time for the experts to share their predictions. So, if you're ready, I know I am. Let's get vertical. Welcome back to The Vertical View, where in this episode I'm joined by two movie critics and so-called experts, Seth and Silas Williams. The boys are in the house. Welcome, guys. Thanks. Well, today we are making our predictions for the winners of the 93rd Academy Awards. The award ceremony is Sunday, April 25th at 6.30, and the Academy is honoring movies released in 2020. So, we have picked 13 categories. Hopefully the categories that uh, we think the average moviegoer might be interested in. And we're going to get right into it. We're gonna, I'm going to ask each of the guys to tell us their pick and maybe a little bit why. And we're going to start off with the category of actor in a leading role. Seth, who you got? So, my pick for actor in a leading role is going to be Chadwick Boseman. Um, The only other contender that I see coming uh, in this race is Anthony Hopkins, who is close behind. From the Um, father. From the father. I have not seen Anthony Hopkins' performance, but I have heard it is fantastic and possibly the best of the year. Now, I think Chadwick is still going to bring home the Oscar because um, it's his last chance, unfortunately, to win an Oscar. And he also delivered a fantastic performance in the movie Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, Also, Anthony Hopkins has already won an Oscar, um, or two even. So it's, I think it's pretty likely that it's going to be Bozeman, especially because he's won pretty much every other award this season. So sure. And so just so the the listeners know, I'm going to throw in my expertise on this, which is pretty much none. (laughs) And I've actually gone with Bozeman as well. 
then we'll see if Silas. That is an expert pick. Sure. And I'll see if Silas has anything different or if he's going to go with Bozeman as well. What do you got? <clears throat> well, I was actually original and I picked Anthony Hopkins. Oh, man. Because he. I haven't even seen the movie. <laughs> but he's really old. And he, <laughs> he this is. is his last time to win, probably, too. That's true. All right. And apparently he was really good. Yeah, people are saying that it was probably the best performance of the year, but I still think it's going to go to to Bozeman, since seeing as he's won everything, and you know, Heath Ledger won for The Dark Knight, probably had some tough competition there too. But so there's precedent for yeah a number of reasons why Bozeman should win. Yeah, uh, another slight reason is i think they want to award ma rainey's black bottom something they want to give that movie some award yeah. and i kind of see this being the only award it gets because it's not nominated for best picture and the father is um and it has it has more chances in some other categories to win some win some oscars so all right so the experts are split already here in category one category two is actor in a supporting role and in that we've got sasha baron cohen Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya, Leslie Odom Jr., Paul Racy, and Lakeith Stanfield. So, Silas, we'll start with you this time. Who do you have winning the actor in a supporting role? I chose Daniel Kaluuya in Judas and the Black Messiah, another movie I have not seen. <laughs> but he's won pretty much every other award to date. What are some of the award ceremonies that have already happened? The Golden Globes, the Critics' Choice, and the BAFTAs, which okay. is the British Oscars. And he's won all those, so it's pretty expected he's going to win. Yeah, it's pretty much, he's pretty much got that award in the bag. I'm going for him, too. Um, Shockingly, I am, too. Yeah. It's a great performance. It's, it's the best of the year as far as supporting actor. Um, I couldn't see anybody else winning it. And does that seem to happen in these award ceremonies where a, a an actor, actress, movie gains acclaim through other award ceremonies? Oh, yeah, definitely. Some, um, some award ceremonies are known for predicting the Oscars better than others. So, like, the Golden Globes and the Oscars don't usually line up all that well, um, but something like the Critics' Choice lines up with the with the Oscars pretty well. And then some of the like guild awards, so there's like the Screen Actors Guild, there's the Directors Guild of America. There's all these other associations that kind of can predict what the Oscars are going to do. Yeah. And but the BAFTAs are a huge predictor for this type of thing. And that's so, a European award ceremony. Yeah, it's the it's the British Oscars basically. Yeah. Um and Daniel won there too, so okay. yeah. All right, any other comments about that, Silas? Nope. <laughs> no, he's he's gonna win. It's he's got the best performance. So hands sure. down. Yep. All right. So we'll we'll jump to the actresses now. Actress in a leading role. We'll start with with uh, Seth here. The nominees are Viola Davis, Andrea Day, Vanessa Kirby, Francis McDormand, and Carrie Mulligan. This one is actually one of the closest like Oscar races that there's been in a long time. No one knows who's going to win for this one. Because, oh, I know my person's going to win. But so many, like all of these people, 
save for Vanessa Kirby, have won an award, like a big award this season. So um, Viola Davis just won the BAFTA, I think, right? Um, so like now they're talking about her possibly winning the Oscar. Uh, I think that's unlikely because Ma Rainey's Black Bottom isn't nominated for Best Picture. Uh-huh. And I can't see the Oscars giving them two acting nominate or acting wins without a Best Picture nomination. So I personally would love if Carrie Mulligan won because I think her performance in Promising Young Woman is great. And I think she's due for an Oscar. Um, but also Frances McDormand is really good in Nomadland. Which is the... That's the favorite. That's the favorite for best picture. Right. So that's a big draw for her because, you know, she's the leading figure yep. in that movie. Um, but McDormand has won two Oscars already um, for Fargo and uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, I think. And Carrie Mulligan hasn't won one yet. And I think she's due for one. So I'm going to go with Carrie. All right. I agree. So you got Carrie Mulligan. Yeah. I haven't seen the movie, but apparently she's good. <laughs> so here so these are my two experts. And so far Silas as the expert critic hasn't seen three different movies. <laughs> I have a lot to catch up on. <laughs> well, I went with Viola Davis. Um uh, from my top notch expert opinion. And research, she's the one who seems to have most of the, um, I'm going to say, the momentum going into the Academy Awards. She does have that because she won the BAFTA recently. Yeah, yeah and on, like this one is up for grabs. It could I be. I have anybody. seen. I've seen that movie, and she was good. Yeah, she is really good in that one. And the the Academy loves Viola Davis. I think she's won before, right? I'm not. I think I don't know. I'm she's been sure. nominated a bunch of times, at least. So yeah. All right, so off to category four, actress in a supporting role. Silas, let's uh, let's jump to you. Who do you uh, who do you have here as your favorite? I picked Yoo Jung Yoon from Minari, and I haven't seen it. I was gonna see it, but then I got quarantined. Yeah, Silas and I were going to go and watch that one. Tough here to see movies anyways, right? Like, yeah. hard to get into the theater for a number of different reasons. Yep. But, it's also really nice, too, because there's not a lot of people in there. So you basically get a theater room to yourself if you go. <laughs> true. Very true. Now that it's opened up a little bit here. Mm-hmm. So you, your pick, again. And I chose her because she's won a bunch of the big precursors as they say sure and so i think that she's gonna win so you're going based upon the history of other ceremonies to this point yeah kind of like daniel kaluuya she's won all the a lot of the big awards up to this point yeah but i'll I'll jump to mine i'm picking the same based upon what i saw was the positive momentum and it seemed like a really bad pick to go with someone else when this lady had won numerous other awards already this year. So we're we're two for two here. What do you have as the third picker? I have Yu Jung Yoon also. Um, and you're right. She's got a lot of heat coming off of some of her recent awards. Um, 
I haven't seen Minari yet, but I hear she is fantastic in it. Um, the only other person that was really in, you know, contention for this was Maria Bakalova for Borat. Um, she was winning a lot of stuff early on, and that has kind of simmered down um, the last couple of award shows. Um, the Academy doesn't necessarily take comedic performances all that seriously. Um, so it's kind of ironic. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why um, she's she's probably not going to win this now. I, I will say that Glenn Close is a name that holds a lot of, I will say, power. Oh, yeah. Because of the longevity of her career, but also she's won. Yeah. Right. And so. Well, no, no. She has not won an Oscar. She hasn't won. No. Okay. Well, that's shocking. She's been nominated before and she was supposed to win a couple of years ago and Olivia Coleman beat her at the last second. And it was like this big upset and no one saw it. So could you see an upset for Glenn Close here? Another person potentially near the end of her career. Yeah. I mean, how many more opportunities is she really going to have? Well, it's the same with Yu Jung Yoon. Um, she's an older lady herself. Um, but Glenn Close is is this beloved figure in Hollywood. Um, I think that's why she's on the nomination list. I don't necessarily see her winning for Hillbilly Elegy, her performance, because not many people liked that film. Um, but I think that's a career nomination. I think she's in there because they like her. I totally um, agree. And if she was to win, it'd be the same thing. They'd yeah. be like, oh, we haven't given you an Oscar yet? Oh, that's too bad. Here's your Oscar. <laughs> but... but... That seems to happen quite often in these things. It does, yeah. All right. I know this will be something that Silas will have some opinions on. It's category five. It's animated feature film. And in this, there are five different films. Onward, Over the Moon, a Shaun the Sheep movie, Soul, and Wolf Walkers. Um, I think Soul's gonna win, and I think it should have been nominated lots of other places, but the Oscars don't take animated movies seriously. It's kind of sad. It is sad. I also think it should be nominated other places, in Best Picture particularly, but, um, yeah, Soul's gonna win. It's won everything. It's the best movie up there. Um, Onward and Wolfwalkers was also very good. But Soul, I mean, it's nominated for a few other awards. It'll probably win those, so I don't see it losing. I've got Soul as well. I've seen the movie. I was quite impressed. Um, great story. It's captivating. Um, the jazz was fantastic. Yes, it was. For an animated <laughs> movie. Um, again, it's the it's the favorite little shocked that it's not just because of what um, you read about other people's opinions. A little shocked it didn't get in, but because it's animated, it's not going to. Yeah, there's been other animated movies that have made it into Best Picture. Like Toy Story 3 was nominated. Yeah. Up was nominated. But I even see Soul as more of a serious kind of take on... Because the Oscars love humanitarian pictures. And Soul is very humanitarian. I don't know. I don't know how it's not nominated. Honestly, I think it should be, especially since they have ten slots to fill for Best Picture, and they only filled eight. So, 
Yeah, it seems like they could have given it, especially in a year like this. Yeah. Like, why not? It's get... like the only movie normal people actually watch. Yep. Yeah, most most commoners to the movie business have seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that takes us into cinematography and Judas and the Black Messiah. I believe it's Mank. Yep. News of the World, Nomadland, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Now, I've heard of a few of these, mainly because you guys talk about it all the time. Um, it seems to me, as the non-expert in the room, that Nomadland is the prohibited favorite. Though I would bet you guys think that uh, the trial of the Chicago 7 might get some votes. True or not true? No. It shouldn't have been nominated because yeah. it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I think this one's a sweep for Nomadland. All right. Um, going back to the human, the humanistic thing, um, the Academy has been really going for um, very naturalistic cinematography. Um, stuff that you could just shoot you know, outside more, more like a documentary. Hmm. They awarded Emmanuel Lebeski three Oscars in a row for his very humanistic wide angled cinematography. Um, and Nomadland is very similar. It kind of follows in the, in the footsteps of, um, Chivo is his nickname, but, uh, Joshua Richards is definitely a talented up and coming cinematographer and he's going to win for Nomadland, which is cool. So do you have Nomadland as well, Silas? Yes. I would and, say the only contender is um, Mank. Because it's black and white. It's it's a black and white picture. It, it, it's meant to replicate old Hollywood films. And the Academy loves when films um, document, history. Yeah, document their, their history yeah. as a institution. Well, we all like to be remembered. Yeah. Yeah, or bring back memories of the past. Yeah. All right, so clean sweep with Nomad Land for cinematography. We move next to category seven, which is directing. And um, again, what I'm seeing is that Nomad Land is is winning this category as well. What do you guys have? Yes, I picked Chloe Zhao, the director of Nomad Land, to win. And it's a movie I've actually seen. And it was really good. What What did you like about it? What did it? Why did it draw you in? I thought. Well, my personal favorite thing about it was the acting because they used actual people, like actual nomads, mm. to play themselves in the movie, and so it felt very real, like they weren't actually acting. Right. Sincere. Yeah. Authentic. Compared to some other movies. Okay. Trial of Chicago Seven. Sil or Seth, you have the same? Or did yeah. you go a different direction? No, I'm going with Chloe Zhao. She has won everything up to this point. Um, I think she really deserves it. Um, this is the first um, Oscars, actually, where two women have been nominated in the mm -hmm. directing category. Um, first nominations for Chloe Zhao and Emerald Fennell. Um, Emerald Fennell Promising being, young woman. Yep. Emerald Fennell being a debut director. So it was her first movie that she ever made. Wow. Um, yeah, really impressive. Um, but I think Chloe Zhao has this in the bag. Um, Nomadland is a, a sweeping film and um, she deserves a lot of credit for her directing, especially of like what Silas mentioned, the, um, 
the non-actors that were in her film and kind of making the documentary style and the narrative style of film blend so well, hmm. like the way it does in Nomadland. How did the people then, if they were not necessarily scripted, did they get paid? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they just basically just went out into the community and met these people and they were like, we're filming a movie. Yeah. Francis McDormand is a pretty established Hollywood actor. Right. Um, and I think Francis McDormand is actually the one who invited, basically got Chloe Zhao the job to direct the film. Um, so I guess they, they just went into the community and they had a script that was, you know, probably pretty loose yep. um, and malleable. And then they, whoever they met, they decided on making them the characters, which is pretty cool. Which is because uh, you would think that most directors are very rigid. Yeah. Right? And and <clears throat> I would think that they would want it to go the way they see it in their head. And so to use someone who's just living life, you're, you have no idea what they're going to do. And you're filming it and then also trying to tell the story. That seems very creative to me. It is, yeah. And that's why I like, and different. Yeah, it's very different. Um, it's kind of I mean, I've seen movies that mix documentary and narrative storytelling a few times, but Nomadland does it in a really seamless way. And I think that's why it's getting so much attention. Um, do you see other movies doing this in the future? Or is this a yes, one off? Yeah, no, I do, because it it's kind of a this is a big year for independent pictures at the Oscars. A lot well, of the, why oh, is that? And it's just because a lot of bigger studio films weren't released Didn't because happen. of COVID. Yeah. Um, they got pushed back. So a lot of these smaller movies are getting a big chance to shine because they don't have this big studio competition. Um, but, and I think Nomadland is a pretty big stepping block for independent filmmakers because the movie really is like crafted along the path. Like they, yeah, they started out with a plan, but they didn't necessarily arrive at the end of that plan you know they, they yeah. like chloe Zhao crafted this beautiful movie out of like so many different pieces like real life included which is pretty cool yeah and i see like a lot of young filmmakers taking that taking that into arms and and embracing that style of filmmaking it's inspiring to me well maybe you'll be the next one there you go all right category eight is film editing and both these guys have done some of this themselves, whether it be just even just on your phone. But I know Seth in particular has done a, a lot of editing. The nominees for film editing is The Father, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Again, I'll go first. But The Sound of Metal seems to be the one that most people are picking to win this category. What says you? So the two front runners in this category are Sound of Metal and Trial of the Chicago 7. And it's funny because they're so different. When it well, comes we to already editing. know how Silas feels about Yeah, the... Silas doesn't like Trial of the Chicago 7. Yeah. <laughs> That's dumb. <laughs> so the Academy likes to choose movies that are edited. So, you know, you know, like good editing is supposed to kind of bleed into the background you're not really supposed to notice good editing but the academy likes to award films that are just really 
really edited you know lots of cuts flashy editing moving around you know yeah Um, quick quick yeah and aaron sorkin's movies are always very quick fast-paced you know the dialogue is snappy yeah um so of course the movie is going to be edited like that so that's why i kind of see what did i even pick for this i don't remember i picked trial of the chicago seven just because the oscars have a track record of picking the most edited movie out of the bunch sound of metal the editing in that film is fantastic um but it's it's way more subtle yeah and i don't think people are going to give it the vote because that's not you're not supposed to you're not supposed to notice the subtle editing in it even though it's probably the best editing so so that goes in the category they should probably win but the winner will be yeah yeah so i think sound of metal should win but i think trial's going to because I don't think the Oscars are going to not give Trial of the Chicago 7 an award. <laughs> I think that's the funniest thing that I've noticed when I did my little research for this was that there's actually two categories of winners. The should win and the who the Oscars or the Academy will pick. Yeah, and sometimes they pick the wrong one. It's <laughs> so crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, The best one should win. All right, Silas, who do you have here? I picked Trial of the Chicago 7 as well. How, how can you go against yourself here? Because I want to win with the most <laughs> And that movie is not going to win anything else. So they probably want to give it at least one award. And that's actually a pretty, pretty good strategy in picking is you, you believe they're not going to win anything else. There's no way they're going to shut them out. Likely. The Academy. Yeah. All right. So again, I had Sound of Metal. Just put that out there. Next category is number nine, and it is music original score. And I've I've only heard some of the music from from some of these, but I I've seen the whole movie of Soul, and the music in that thing was fantastic. I can't believe that it won't win this. What do you guys say? It's gonna win. Yeah, it's definitely winning. So you got so we would go three for three here. Soul wins this category. Why, why, why does it win this one? Well, there's basically like two scores because the movie takes place in two different worlds, I guess. Right. So there's like the jazz score in New York City, and then in like the afterlife or before life, right. I guess. Right. And it's all like just something people have never heard before. So that's a good way to say it. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty complicated score, even though um, I think it probably comes across to some people like it's for a kid's movie. It's not. Soul's not a kid's movie. No, I didn't um, think it was at yeah. all. Uh, it's a highly sophisticated film, but I think definitely um, Soul's going to win this. Um, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross are both nominated for um, Soul and Mank. Yeah. Their score in Mank is really good, too. Interesting. Um, but I think they the Academy is going to want to give John Batiste an award um, for his work in Soul, along with those two. Right. Um, and Soul, I mean, come on. It's great music. So. Well, Soul, it actually, the more I think, think about it, the jazz piece reminds me or brings back memories of La La Land for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, it does. And the music in that really got to me. Yeah. And so it it brings back some of those same um, feelings, emotions, that senses makes sense. when you're listening. Yeah. 
So if you were to take out that it's an animated, then it ought to win. But it seems like so many people in the movie industry can't stand animated for some reason or don't take it serious enough. There is a weird, yeah, and it's just because it's perceived as being for children. Um, when which there's a lot of animation that's for adults. Which most nowadays are not. Yeah. All right, so category 10, best picture. So the nominees, The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Music, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Those are the nominees. <laughs> Sound of Metal. <laughs> you said sound of music <laughs> did i really yeah well that, that's, that's pretty, pretty retro right there <laughs> yeah which that did i don't end. think they i don't think they're gonna win this time <laughs> <laughs> they've already got their oscars <clears throat> so who do you guys have here winning i picked nomadland because it's won everything and it's gonna win yeah nomadland is definitely the favorite um I actually think it's kind of an interesting movie to win or even be nominated for Best Picture. Um, it's, I it, it's very different, and I think that's what people like about it. They like the honesty of it. But I also think that could go against it. Yeah. For all the reasons you've already said earlier, Seth talked earlier about just how the Academy doesn't like certain things, and they like they stay in their little box. So could it? It, it let's say it doesn't win who would win if if um nomadland was not to win i i kind of feel like if if there was going to be an upset like a last minute upset i think it would be because of like mank i'd say i'd say minari would be yeah. my pick for an upset I think Minari's got a lot of stuff just because behind it it's right very crowd pleasing. Yeah. It sounds like I haven't seen it, but Yeah, I don't I haven't seen Minari either. Um but Mank is an, you know, an old Hollywood film. It's based on the making of one of the most cherished films of all time, Citizen Kane. Um you know, it has the has the street cred but it doesn't necessarily have the um the love of a bunch of people behind it which i think is what nomadland has over over any of these other war uh, any of these other films so do you guys think it's a slam dunk and would you be completely surprised if somebody else other than nomadland wins this category yes honestly that would be the biggest upset in a long time for the oscars like nomadland has won every single award if it didn't win, I mean, I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's. I'm. I'm actually hoping that it doesn't now. So it's that would be fun. I can see what you wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> so back best picture, we all go with Nomadland. Category eleven is visual effects, and um, Tenet is the. Looks like the favorite. That's what I went with, and I've seen this movie, and it, it was it blew my mind. Like I couldn't even keep up. Um, there was just crazy stuff happening in reverse and forward and circles, and people I thought were on the same team weren't on the same team, and <laughs> reality was not real and nuts. 
just a nuts movie. And I just can't believe anybody else in this nomination list can have the visual effects that that movie had. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah. Honestly, I think this is, compared to other years, this is a pretty weak category as far as the nominees. I really like seeing Love and Monsters there. Um, that movie had some really creative visual effects, and it was a very you know small-budget film um, compared to these other movies. So it's cool seeing that there, but Tenet is going to win. I mean, the only other movie that I could see possibly winning is The Midnight Sky, basically because it's a space movie. Yeah. And the Academy likes People space movies. Yeah. But no one has seen Midnight Sky, and anyone that's seen it doesn't really like it. <laughs> so I don't see them giving it to that. Well, we saw Milan, and I, have, I, don't, I can't believe that it would win, but it had interesting... I'm going to say fight scenes and some of the visual effects that they use to really make the movie go. I liked. Yeah. It's um, a gorgeous looking movie. But I just can't believe that it would win. Again, it's animated again. And so how serious will they take it? Yeah. What? Because isn't everything really a visual effect in animated? Well, that, that movie is live action with computer generated elements. So, and, and, I think the the Academy really likes to pick movies with well-integrated visual effects. They don't like to see the visual effects and be like, oh, that's a good visual effect right there. Yeah. They like like really immersive visual effects. That's why last year when End- Avengers Endgame was nominated alongside 1917, 1917 won because it has really convincing visual effects. doesn't necessarily have as amazingly mind-blowing well, effects. Let's just put it in there. One Endgame. of Silas's... Silas pretty much loves that movie. Yeah, it's Silas's favorite it's movie. It's true. It's my favorite movie. <laughs> <clears throat> Anything but, more to say about visual effects, Silas? I picked Tenet too, even though I kind of despise that movie. <laughs> it made me really mad. It, it did me too, but because it was, it, I it was, was so impressive. confused at times. The visual effects were impressive. And just the biggest scale. Out of all these nominees, I would I would second the scale. I, it just it was a mind blowing movie. Beyond, yeah, beyond one of my favorite movies of the year. It was definitely in my in my top five. I think I liked it better than these these guys. But I've also seen it two more times than they have, so that might help a little bit. I'm not watching it again. Yeah, I don't need to see that again. That hurt my <laughs> brain. All right. We're down to the last two categories, and I know that both these guys have done a little bit of writing. Seth, in particular, has done some screen screenplay, or at least working on stuff continuously. So here we are, writing adapted screenplay. Uh, I'm going to try to read this, but I'm just going to go short version, so it's Borat. Yeah, that works. Yep. Everybody knows what that is. The Father, Nomadland, One Night in Miami, and The White Tiger. Silas, who do you have? I picked Nomadland because it's won a bunch of awards before. And it was just really impressive, the script in that movie. Because it didn't ever sound like someone was just reading a line. It just sounded so real. Especially with non-actors using the script. And so, yeah, I never, 
felt like someone was just reading a line. It was super organic. I thought it was really good. Which had to be, again, like we said earlier, had to be incredibly hard to make it feel that real. Yeah. Do you have Nomadland as well, Seth? No, I actually have The Father. Uh-oh. Um, Going against I, it. So this is one of the... You know, one of the movies that I haven't seen from all of these nominees, but um, the father I've been hearing a lot about. I've been hearing it's it's a very like um, screenplay driven movie. Um, like a lot of the story has to do with you know the the way and the times that events happen um, because it's about a man with dementia, um, and I think the the screenplay really uses that theme to its advantage as far as you know depicting that and what it's like to um have that and i simply because the father made it to a best picture nomination i say it has a fair chance of winning this award kind of to cement its place in that nomination list um the reason i think not nomadland is the other you know runner for this race I don't see it winning though because it has a very skeletal script. Um, it's not as it's not as big of a screenwriting achievement as something like um, the Father seems to be, and the Father has won a, a few awards as well. And I think it'd be interesting too that it seems as though in these awards ceremonies that they often will give, let's say, Nomadland wins two awards. Are they really going to give them three and four? Or are they going to say, eh, this guy, the in this case, like you said, the father's in second in your brain. Let's give it to them. Do you think they think that way? Um, I don't think they necessarily like think that. I think it does happen, though. It might sway I think, your I think vote. subconsciously it, it people are swayed by that, by the opportunity of giving an award to something when they probably predict that another movie is going to win in other places. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they do like to spread the love a little bit, um, which is good because that's what this yeah, whole yeah. thing we is for. Have to. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. For the reasons you stated, um, so that would be Hampton and Zeller screenplay for The Father. So Seth has The Father. Silas had... Nomadland, and I went with Nomadland as well. So here we are to the final, number 13, writing original screenplay. The nominees are Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, not to be confused with Sound of Music, and <laughs> The Trial of the Chicago Seven. So I'll go first here just to let the experts in the room tell us their picks. I've got Promising Young Woman. Um, and again, I went with the theory that it really didn't win anything else. It's nominated for a number of things. They had to throw them something. And so I went with Promising Young Woman. Seth, what do you have? That's a good pick, and that's my pick too. Um, Promising Young Woman has a very good screenplay. Um, some people disagree, but I, I thought it was really, um, sharp and clever. And honestly, it was probably the funniest movie that I saw from last year. Um, it has this really strange, like 
gripping way of of switching tones on you one second it's comedic and the next second it's dark and uh, unnerving um, and I think whenever a movie can do that really well it has to do with the writing um, and um, it, it really seems that people like Emerald Fennell and the fact that this is her first, first screenplay one, right? I learned that from you tonight yeah is I mean if she wins that that's pretty cool the only movie that I could see um, beating it is Trial of the Chicago, Chicago 7 because Aaron Sorkin is an Academy favorite. He's won a bunch of screenwriting awards before. He's definitely has the most flashy writing style. Um, he's also got the most traditional writing style. Um, I don't know. I, I, I see them going with Promising Young Woman for this one. All right, Silas. That's my pick as well. I don't know. Hopefully I can watch it before Sunday. But we'll see. We got a few days in order to get that in. So there are our picks for the 2021 Academy Awards. You'll have to tune in to ABC Sunday night at 6.30 to find out how our experts did. Thanks, guys. Thanks. That was fun. You're welcome. (laughs) Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of The Vertical View. I'd like to thank Seth and Silas for their expert analysis and predictions, but also for pulling me into the world of media, specifically films, and the award shows for media communications. For the vertical view, thanks for listening. And I'd ask you to subscribe or give us a rating on any of the platforms where you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, I'll see you right here at the vertical view.